Hello, cycling family. I just want to let you know how amazing you are, how gorgeous you are, and I hope you have the most abundant day ever. Now, enjoy the episode. And before, don't forget to get your free downloads that are cycling related at askcoachsylvie.com. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Secrets in the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou. And today, this is an exciting guest because we're going to start talking about bike trips. And what better to talk about bike trips but to bring in Scott Gibbons from Phoenix, Arizona, sorry, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. That's all you need to think about. If you're sitting in the cold weather that's starting to roll in up here in Quebec, Canada, then you're starting to probably think about somewhere warm. So we've got Scott and this is a little bit of background on him before we bring him out. So Scott Gibbons, he started uh, his touring or um, I guess cycling camps. We're going to hear more about this, but they're mountain bike camps and it's called Bike Paradise. So Bike Paradise was started by Scott, an avid mountain biker with over 30 years of riding and competing under his pedals. <laughs> as, he, as his riding career matured, he soon discovered a passion for introducing friends, families to this, and family to sport that he loves so much. He knew his years of experience helped him become a great rider but that didn't automatically qualify him to be a good instructor. And I guess we're going to talk about that. Yeah. But before that, <laughs> so um, Scott has, and additionally, over the last 10 years, Scott has provided coaching, lead, uh, ride leading, and logistical support for Magura. We're mm -hmm. going to talk about that. Annual press camps in Sedona. Okay, I'm all about that. Um, he's also known to make some pretty delicious sourdough, sourdough pancakes. And I also want to know about that. <laughs> so welcome Scott to the podcast. I am so excited to talk about mountain bike trips in Arizona. Yeah, super excited. Thanks for having me, Sylvie. This is awesome. All right. So I always love to get into our conversation. Um, and so grateful for you and our listeners. Now, how did you get into cycling? I still remember the day when I first hopped on my first mountain bike. My my father it. had arranged a vacation with a coworker in um, oh gosh, where was it? It's right on sitting my tongue in southern Colorado. And the the coworker had a cabin and he had a 
Jameis Dakar, I think was the mountain bike. And I think I was 14 and I hopped on it and started pedaling around. And, you know, I grew up with, with kids bikes and BMX bikes. I'm sure like most of us did, but getting on that bike and just having the, the wide tires and being able to ride around on, on trails and, and, and dirt roads and things like that, just, I don't know, for whatever reason, it just stuck with me and, and it stuck with me my whole life. Certainly, because you do talk about competing. So how old were you? Did you, did I miss that? I, I'm thinking I was around 14-ish, 14, 5, 15, something like that. Yeah. So that's about the right <clears throat> age of uh, teenagehood. And um, did you get competitive after that? Or because you talk about being in competition riding. Yeah, I mean, certainly that seems to be the natural, <laughs> natural progression. Evolution, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just enjoyed getting into the sport and learning more about it, you know, working in bike shops and just completely absorbing the, the whole culture. And then certainly me and my, my high school buddy, we started getting into, oh, what would it be like to, to race? You know, we think we're really good, really fast. And, you know, quickly found out that that wasn't the case. Um, the racing is really hard work, but yeah, jumped into, you know, at the time, the only thing that was available was cross country mountain bike racing. So, so we did, we did a handful of, of cross country races. And then I always sort of gravitated to um, descending. I really enjoy that part of it. And, and was, you know, our little group of friends, I was the one that was, you know, just let Scott go first. He's going to be faster going downhill. So then I got interested in downhill racing and uh and did that for a couple of years and this is all just at amateur you know sport level nothing nothing pro level at all but then um you know the thing with downhill racing is it's a it's a whole lot of work for for really a, a one-shot deal you know you can you can train and practice and and you've got your your three to five minutes on the course and if you have a mechanical or a flat then all that prep and, and all that work is just it's over like that so and of course I had a few of those where I had a flat or a crash or something. And so, um, you know, and then enduro started becoming popular on the scene and, and it just made sense. You know, this is the kind of riding that everybody likes to do. You know, you, you have that social ride up to the top of the hill and then everyone has fun blasting down. And so I really enjoyed that and, and started um, enduro racing, I think in around 2013. No, I think it was before that, maybe 2012. And then uh, I did a few, a few kind of one-off enduro races and then got into the Big Mountain Enduro scene, uh, the Big Mountain Enduro Race Series, which is a, a North American uh, enduro race series that goes between Colorado and Utah and New Mexico. And they've even branched out farther now. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. I raced the entire full seasons of 2013 and 2014 and, and was very proud to take third place overall in the master's class so so Yay. yeah it was, a, it was a ton of work and <laughs> yeah I bet <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work and it was all it was the whole family you know I, I had my, my I've got two boys they're they're almost nine and eleven now but at the time they were three and five and so I was dragging them and my wife and we're in camping in a trailer so uh, it was it was a lot of fun though we got it was a lot of fun road trips and I got to go to places that I never would have gone before but because uh, the race was there. It's, it, it was, hey, we, this is where the race is. We got to go check this place out. So yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun. You know, it's funny because actually my kids are the same age as your kids. Oh, okay. 
yeah, I have a daughter and who's 11 and a son who's nine. And, um, but I got into road cycling racing, which is not as exciting as mountain bike racing. <laughs> and the locations are not as exciting. Cause I was just thinking about that. Cause I, I traveled by myself and, you know, like road racing, it was like a one day, but it was, you know, like either you're hanging out in some, in a town somewhere, but mountain bike races are usually on really cool locations. They and, are, uh, yeah. Well, and with the enduro racing, it's, there's, they release the courses. So in, for, for your listeners who aren't enduro or aren't familiar with enduro racing, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a collection of, of, of time stages with tr untimed transfer stages in between. So the idea is that over the course of one, depending on the, the venue or the, in the event, but generally one to two days of racing, and you might have say three to seven stages that you're timed on. So, uh, and the idea is that they don't want everyone practicing the course for months upon end before you get there, because then it's just a downhill race. Although, you know, the locals are always going to do well, <laughs> but, you know, they might release the course, the, 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 the courses on say a Wednesday, and then, you know, you've got some travel time. So maybe you show up on Thursday or Friday and you practice as much as you can to, to help learn the courses as much as you can mm -hmm. without blowing yourself up for the races on Saturday and Sunday. So then on Saturday and Sunday, you'll have a transfer stage that you pedal up to untimed you know with your group or, or with your age class or whatever it is and then you you wait in line to it, it, so it, essentially it's a time trial so then okay. you wait in line so then you wait in line for your turn and then they usually send off the uh, the non-pro riders at, at 30 second intervals the, the faster pro riders they'll send off at 60 second intervals and then you just take off and it's just you on the course by yourself and you might catch someone or you might get past um and then, and then you finish that stage and catch your breath and see what broke on your bike if, you know, or if you crashed, anything's, everything's okay. And then you, then you pedal up to the next, to the, to the next, the beginning of the next stage. And a lot of these events are held at, at lift serve mountain bike parks. So some of the transfer might be you actually hopping the lift and then maybe traversing across a different section of the mountain. Sometimes it, it, to keep it um, equitable and fair, they might pull the, the chairlift out of one of the transfer stages and you might have to pedal up to the top of the mountain. So you're doing all these stages on, on the exact same bike. And some of the stages might be a little more pedally. Some of them, some of them might be more technical downhill. And so the, the racers that excel at these courses are really well-rounded overall, very extremely fit mountain bikers that have good, good technical riding skills and good endurance skills and good fitness skills. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Wow. I, I love it. So it's like, so you basically go from event to a, like stage to stage to stage yep. it, during the day. And, and just let me get it right. Cause I guess I'm like, Oh, enduro. I was thinking of something totally different than what you're explaining. Um, so say in one day you have to complete five stages like what if you miss one or you come back to one or how does it work like you have to go from stage to stage or like they are waiting for you to like you do you have start times for each one of them or like like a time trial 
Sure, yes, sometimes they do. Uh, you know, from a race event organizer per perspective, there's a lot of logistics as you can imagine. Yeah. So I can't imagine the amount of work and hours that those guys put in mm -hmm. to put on these events. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, there's sometimes they sometimes they'll start out the the entire event with start times, and then that sort of sets the stage to get everyone right. to the to beginning of the next stage in in that same sort of group. And then also sometimes it becomes a little bit more organic where as you progress throughout the day and this is what so this is one of the things that's so great about these events is as you progress through the day you start building these these relationships or friendships and camaraderie with other racers that are in your group and uh -huh. you all kind of because you, you'd be transferring you know you'd be pedaling up to the top of the next stage and they you kind of start to learn who's faster and who isn't and so you might get to the next stage and and you'll be there in your group and the other riders in your group will go, no, 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 you know, let's, let's let him go first. Cause we know he's going to be faster. We're just back here. We're the weekend warriors. We're just here to have a good time. And so it, it's sort of, it's, it's sort of self officiates in a way of who's going to go next, but yeah, in the beginning, they might have a assigned start times, um, okay. you know, towards the to end of the, weekend, the whole event. Yeah. Towards Coming. the end of the weekend, sometimes it just devolves into, Hey, we're tired of being out here, you know, from the race promoters event, they're, they're probably tired of being out there, you know, they're lugging timing equipment, they've been in out there since five in the morning, you know, lugging up a laptop and the radio equipment and all that stuff. And sometimes, sometimes you can tell they're, I mean, they're, they're phenomenal people, right? But sometimes you can tell that they get to the end and it's just like, we don't care who goes, just go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just check you off. Okay, next. Yep. Because they're, if they're all timed and there's not like a mass start, I guess you could just go up there and check off your time, start time. And then you just, cause you have a chip on you, I imagine. Yep. So it's yeah, start and stop. Chips. Yeah. Yeah. So then I guess that all that data would go together and then they'd, and then is it, I guess, an accumulated time exactly. that it took yep. to, for, oh, well then, okay. That would make sense. Yeah. So you just go one, like, and you could take breaks and you can then go to the next one and and then you have to complete all of them by the end of the weekend to get your overall time to see who did the whole event. Oh, exactly. that's kind of cool. Yeah. So the challenge for me at that time was I would, you know, I'd, I would, we, we would um, travel Wednesday and Thursday, depending on how far away that the trip was or the, the destination was. And then I practice on Friday. And then um, on Saturday, when I was racing, I would race a stage. And then often, you, you know, that you would, unless it's like a big backcountry type event where uh, like Durango, where there's, there's no lifts. Um, so you might be taking shuttle buses here and there, but at the lifts or mountain bike parks, I would race the stage, come back down and then rush back to the camping trailer and kind of check in on with everyone there, you know, and cool. scarf down some food, check over my bike, what broke, what didn't, you know, what else do I need? It, are, is my family okay? Do, you know, is my wife about ready to to you know ship the kids off because she's she's tired of dealing with them and you know <laughs> so all those dynamics and then uh then i'd race back up and or you know pedal back up and turn to the next transfer stage and do another stage and repeat and so yeah it was <laughs> it was quite cool. an experience i wonder if there's ones like that around here i'd have to check anyways yeah so but moving on you so that was a, so when did you decide that maybe I should start a, um, like bike paradise and, or was there something in between like your enduro 
and the like um, the starting of the business. So yeah, in 2013, I got certified to be a, a mountain bike skills instructor. I've always enjoyed, you know, certainly enjoyed the sport and enjoyed introducing friends to it. And and I started following around a guy by the name of Shams March, and he's a uh, he's a very accomplished, you know, rider. I can't, I, I don't want to mess up his, his bio, but, you know, World Cup racer, national two-time champion, all that, all that great stuff, but a really phenomenal person and a really phenomenal instructor. And he had a, a mountain bike um, instruction, skills instruction certification business. And so uh, before, t- prior to 2013, I had been kind of toying with that idea, toying with that idea, like, oh, you know, what would that be like to be a, a skills instructor? And and I, I certainly recognized, and even my, in my instruction courses now, I like to highlight that the fact that you can have a really good writer, but that doesn't necessarily make them a really good instructor. They're, they're two equally different skill sets. So, uh, so I was following his program around and trying to find, you know, just the timing of, you know, because he would have his instruction camps. And trying to find okay, you know, lo- location-wise and timing-wise, when it would work out, and finally worked out to where uh, he, he brought the camp out actually to to Phoenix in 2013. So I went through that certification, and it was a really amazing process. Where uh, you know I went in with a pretty open mind, but also there was a little bit in the back of my head thinking, well, you know, gosh, I've been riding for at that time, you know, 20, 25 years. I must be doing something right. And I learned that. Yeah, I was doing some things right, but I didn't know why I was doing them. It was just from trial and error. And then I learned that there was a lot of stuff that I could be doing much, much better. And so it was a really great experience from that perspective. And I just enjoyed the the kind of entrepreneurial sort of idea of having my own, you know, coaching business on, on the side. So so I got that that instruction certification through, through what's now called the BICP, the Bike Instructor Certification Program. So they're a globally recognized program that that their goal is to standardize and, and provide quality mount, you know, quality um, a quality curriculum for mountain bike instructors. So I've been involved with them. So not only am I a certified skills instructor through them, that and along with that comes ride guiding and, and ride leading um, skills as well. Uh, but I'm also an instructor trainer for them. So I go off now and similar to what Shams did for me, I go off as a BICP instructor trainer and provide the instruction to, to other riders who are looking to become skills instructors themselves. So, so that started, that started the, the, the ball rolling in the mountain bike skills instruction, or um, yeah, mountain bike skills instruction um, genre or area, I guess. And then that started getting me thinking about, well, you know, the funny thing about the Phoenix weather in the, in the area here is our seasons are kind of inverted from just about everywhere else. So I like to think of our summers as our winter because everyone huddles inside, inside the air conditioning because we can get into 120 plus degrees during the summer. But if you can, if you're living here full time, if you can stand, you know, June through about September, then the rest of the time we've got absolutely perfect weather. So I put that together with my joy of just, you know, being with other like-minded riders and wanting to introduce people to sport and, and wanting them to wanting to show them all of our amazing trails we have here. And then 
thought about, well, you know, there's lots of riding camps and um, riding trips where maybe you're going from, maybe where it's very kind of down and dirty, <clears throat> where maybe you're camping, or maybe you're going from hotel room to hotel room, or maybe you're going from lodge to lodge. And I thought, well, you know, what if we had a single spot where you could stay and it was right in, right out, so you didn't have to worry about shuttling. And we've got all these great trails. So that was kind of the genesis of the whole idea of Bike Paradise. So combining our, our unique off-season riding weather and being able to, to pull in folks from other parts of the country when their weather starts to get cold, snowy, icky, muddy, rainy, whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, and then provide just plain them. ready for something else. Yeah, yeah, and then provide <laughs> them with with a more, you know, more maybe upscale experience where maybe they've done those camping trips and they've done those, you know, hut hut type trips and they're ready for something maybe a little bit more um, upscale. So the the property we we have is a really beautiful home with uh -huh. a gorgeous backyard with a pool and a hot tub and. And again, what's so great is you can ride in and out from this from this property, and we've got over 100 miles of single track at our at our disposable through different um, parks near, nearby. And we can there's certainly we can shuttle to different areas, but <clears throat> it, it's almost unnecessary unless there's a, a really you know really uh, high demand for I want something that's really crazy technical and ton of climbing. But we're really geared our trips to to cater to really all skill levels you know if you want technical if you want something you know that's got a lot of climbing a lot of descending we can do that excuse me you know, drink of water there but we also have <laughs> it's a little dry here <laughs> yeah i bet <laughs> but our our main goal is to is to provide trail experiences for riders of all skill levels um, our trails tend to be pretty buff and, and smooth and, and we throw in a little bit of technical here and there, but just the overall vibe of the of the, the Southwest, you know, a lot of people haven't experienced it. So we're in the middle of the Sonoran Desert and that's the only place in the world where you'll see saguaro cactuses or cacti. And so it's just a really amazing, amazing area. And so, and of course the weather, you know, our, our daytime temperatures during the winter will be in the 60s and 70 degrees Fahrenheit um, for the, What's the, it's the Canadian or the, the centigrade conversion is what. Um, no, it's hot. <laughs> Hotter than here. <laughs> but, uh, so how did, how did you find that property? So is that yeah. your, is that your main residence right now? Or is it something that you just use for your camps? Yeah. Oh, I would love to live there. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It's, I was like, that's your, home. your office off the side. That's your, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, your pool yeah. house quarters. Yeah. yeah no, it's, a, yeah, it's not, it's not mine. We just use it just for the trips. Hey, 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 let's take a mini break because I have to tell you about this unique online cycling coaching program. That's going to blow your mind. This is your fast and easy way to become a better and stronger cyclist by joining an online 16-week cycling training program geared towards improving cycling skills. My name is Sylvie Dow, your podcast host and Level 3 National Cycling Performance Coach. I have been coaching this unique 16-week program every winter since 2006. Why did I create this unique 16-week program? Winters were harsh and still are, here in the region. No one likes or liked to work out alone in their basements until 
The world of online cycling really took off last year during COVID, which has been a game changer for cyclists worldwide. So why would you sign up to a 16-week online road cycling training skills program when you could be riding inside? Well, here's the thing. There's this little known thing called the four key pedal strokes. Hardly anyone is talking about, but when you learn and use them, you will see a huge difference in your cycling performance, not to mention improve, impressing your friends and yourself. First, why are you training on a trainer this winter anyways? What are your goals? Do you want to get faster? Could it be moving from 18 kilometers an hour to 20 kilometers an hour? Do you want to win that sprint? Are you looking to get stronger on the hills? Do you want to now be the first to the top, not the last? Is it your endurance base building? Do you want to move into a faster ride group? Or maybe you're looking at getting into racing. Whatever the goals, they require specific skills that need to be taught and practiced in order to improve. I've coached over 500 cyclists in this program with a reported 5 to 20% increase in cycling fitness over the 16 week. Here are a couple of reasons that this program might be for you. You're still frustrated with climbing hills and keeping up with the pack. You like structure and scheduled training sessions. You like to train in your cycling zones. Your heart rate is all over the place. Possibly you want to optimize gear changing and learn a little bit more about that to become more efficient. You would like coaching feedback on technique and form. Joining a cycling skills program like the 16 week program can provide more benefits that will help drastically improve your cycling fitness through focused training in your heart rate zones, hill climbing, speed, endurance, while building up fitness through the 16 weeks of periodized winter and strength training program. Go to 16wkroadcycling.ca. That's 16wkroadcycling.ca for all the details and to join today. The program starts in December. Now, back to our episode. Oh, dang. I know. That would be the, that's one of my ultimate goals is to be able to own my own bike credit property and use it exclusively for the trips and then maybe rent it out for other, for other folks too. Yeah, I hear properties around uh, Scottsdale or Phoenix are not going pretty cheap. No, no, they're not. <laughs> Especially so. yours. It looks like it kind of sits on top of a, a mount like all by itself. Or is um, that just yeah, my there's, perception? There's, of there's a few neighbors, but it's it's pretty spaced out. And the, and the views, once you get there, the views, you can't really see anybody else. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing place for sure. Wow. So tell us, so how long ago did you get that started? So it's been kind of a genesis or, you know, idea rolling around in the back of my head for several years. Mm -hmm. And actually, I started it with a friend of mine uh, who had a similar interest of, hey, let's, you know, let's, you know, we were, talk we were kind of talking about it. And, and we said, we should do this, this riding vacation sort of thing. And, and we both jumped into it and started, you know, putting together what would the logistics look like, look like and coming up with a logo and and coming up with our first website. And then his interest just sort of shifted over to a different, he actually ended up opening up his own brewery, <laughs> which we which we actually go which visit. Which we our, use. Yeah, our bike <laughs> Um 
So he said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm interested in this brewery thing now, you know, go ahead and, and take bike paradise over and nothing had really happened at that point. So, so right. I, then I wrapped my arms around it and, and redid the website and started really um, going after the marketing of it and, and trying to get the word out there. So that was, so it, it really, it was probably in the back of my head for, you know, say five, four or five years before anything ever really came out of it, but really started going after it um, hard and heavy around 2018 and then hosted our first trip in 2019. Perfect. <laughs> right before the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we got some good traction, had a great first trip. And then uh, had a great, another great, uh, great second trip in the beginning of 2020. And I thought, this is it. You know, I've got some good testimonials. I got some good feedback. Everyone loves the idea. I just need to get more eyes on it. And then everything fell apart. <laughs> uh, well, not just fell apart. It's just it's just on hold for a little bit. But I see that you're back up and running because that's how I found you on Facebook. So now I've done training camps before where we've all gone down to like um south carolina and i've been the organizer and everything so what's the what's the uh and the biggest thing is the food part because everything's all included so everybody if you go to the show notes and check out bikeparadiseaz.com and if you are a mountain biker this is like his website, Scott's website is really cool. It's got a lot of great pictures. Um, and you'll also notice for those couples, they have a rider and non-rider option. So, so whoever is the non-rider can lounge around the pool, the hot tub. And I'm sure there's lots of hiking trails to Because actually, all you have to do is drive around Phoenix. And there's so many different places to go hiking. Um, but oh tell us God. about yeah, that there, menu of yours. There's so many, there's so many things. There's to so do much in, hiking. In, in yeah. the area. There's, yeah, I mean, there's hiking, there's golfing, there's, there's museums, mm -hmm. there's shopping, there's shopping, you know, there's depending on the time of time of the year, maybe there's some, some pro sport, um, pro sports, maybe some baseball going on. Um, NFL, you know, we've got our, our football team. There's all kinds of stuff going on. There's even a one of the things that we like to do. What's that? There's a casino. There's Is there a casino? Yeah, there's a casino. Yeah, there's a casino. yeah the, the the list of, of things for non-riders is endless. So yeah, so yeah if, if there's a couple or two buddies or two friends that one's a rider, one's not, you can still bring them along. They can they get to hang out at the house, they get to eat with everybody. Um, mm -hmm. but while we're riding, they can they can go off and do their own thing. And we can go to Camelback yeah. Mountain. Yep. Right Camelback Camel Mountain. Mountain. Yep. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, for sure. So tell us about the menu. Cause when I was doing it, <laughs> that was the biggest thing. And I know you provide all meals. So it's an all inclusive, which is makes it even nicer. Um, but yeah, just tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, I'm that's, sure that was that's the, biggest the whole reason thing why we that. all ride, right? Yeah, that's right. But <laughs> <laughs> so we can, so we can Good hang out beer at night. And good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the way that, you know, I always love that, that aspect of writing is being able to, when you're all done, hang out with your friends afterwards and, and enjoy a, a, an amazing meal and, and have a beer or, or if you're not a drinker, you know, have a well, whatever, but just having that, 
that social part afterwards and being able to stuff your face and re and replenish all those calories that you blew up. Now, do you have a somebody cooking or is it a communal thing? Yeah, so good question. So when <laughs> when we first started this out, uh, we had looked at you know caterers and just getting all the food catered in, but that's right. really expensive. Mm -hmm. And as this as Bike Paradise is growing, it doesn't really make sense to to put all that effort into the catering. So my wife, who is an amazing cook, provides some of the meals, and then some of the other meals are just provided from local restaurants. So when we get to the point where where maybe there's enough uh, enough participation and the logistics just don't work out to to do these kind of onesie twosie meals, then then yeah, we'll have it fully catered by some awesome local caterer. But right now, and it actually it's working out really well. Um, one of the one of the meals will be most of the breakfast and and one of the dinner meals is provided by my wife, who again um, is an amazing cook. And there's some of the some of the pictures on there. And then uh, all the other meals are provided by local restaurants, whether we go there or we uh, have it brought in. Oh, I see. Okay, cool. Wow. All right. So tell us a little bit more about the leading and some of the specialty um, trails in the area. Because you said you can, so it's, from what I understand, it's near Scottsdale. And from what I remember, that's like the southern part of Phoenix. Um, it's no? more on the eastern side of the, the Phoenix uh, okay. Valley. So yeah, if you think of the Phoenix area, it's a it's a huge, huge. metropolitan area, and there's lots yeah. of little there's lots of little um, individual municipalities, and Scottsdale is one of them, and that's the one that that everyone almost universally recognizes is Phoenix and Scottsdale. Um, we're Scottsdale sits up against what are a, a small range of mountains called the McDowell Mountains, and we're actually we host all of our bike paradise trips just on the other side of the of the McDowell Mountains in a little another little area called Rio Verde. But nobody knows about or has ever heard of Rio Verde. So I just That's say, good. <laughs> yeah, so I just say, hey, we're near Scottsdale. Everyone goes, oh, I've heard of Scottsdale. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, the, the property is, is actually in Rio Verde, just on the other side of Scottsdale on the, the um, eastern side of the McDowell Mountains. So we've got access to all the trails that are in in the local preserves and county parks there. So the, right. so the, the trails themselves, um, again, there's lots of, lots of variety that we can throw at riders, but we, we tend to stick with the trails that, that I think will cater to uh, most riders. So yeah. they tend to be um, for, for a given day. So right now we're doing, we're doing four day, um, I'm sorry, four days of riding. So you, 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 arrive on a Wednesday and then we'd ride Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you would leave on Monday. And the, the rides are maybe around 20 miles long or so, maybe a little less one day, maybe a little bit more the next day. Um, but the amount of elevation gain is maybe around a thousand feet. So not a ton of climbing, but the, but the trails just have a lot of flow to them. And the scenery is just really amazing. So lots of Lots of smooth, fun, flowy trails, uh, you know, weaving around these giant, enormous sorrel cactus, big giant rock formations, you know, boulders that are the size of, of 
large buildings. I mean, it's just, it's amazing scenery and, and really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was, um, yeah, I was just looking at some of the videos and the pictures that you had there and they look really phenomenal. So let me ask you now, how do you manage different levels of mountain bikers that come in? Like, I know that you carry it to a wide range, but we all know that there's different levels of cyclists and mountain biking. You probably get different uh, confidence levels, probably not so much fitness, but because of just the techni technicality, I guess, of different trails. Sure. So do you have different like beginner, intermediate, advanced trails? And do you go out more than once a day or is it just one ride a day? It's one ride for the day, but it's broken up into sections. So, okay. so again, one of the other cornerstones of Bike Paradise is we want, we want, to, we want it to be more of a, a vacation and not a, a big giant ride every day. <laughs> Slugfest. Yeah, which is Great. which is cool. You know, we all enjoy those those rides where we go out and we just hammer and we turn ourselves inside out. And at the end of the day, you're just shelled, and all you want to do is just eat a taco or a burrito or whatever, crap a beer, and drink and lots just, of beer, and go to bed, and just go to bed. I like I love those kinds of rides too, rides too. But um, with Bike Paradise, we wanted to be again more of a, a relaxing riding vacation. So. Yeah, the ride might be all day long, but we're not out there hammering all day. It's more just, hey, let's just go for a great ride, enjoy the great scenery, enjoy the great trails. So the way the trails are laid out, there's lots of opportunity for different options. So I, we can take a group, you know, we only, our maximum size, group size would be eight, eight riders. And I have, I have other guides that help me depending on the size of the group that are familiar with the area that can, um, that can take, you know, if we need to split people up, we, we can. But most often the, the trips we've done so far, everyone's just enjoying the ride, enjoying the scenery that everyone just hangs together. But yeah, we do have options where in the past we've said, you know, maybe, these, maybe this couple is interested in going on this particular section and this other couple's in, or these other riders are interested in going in a different section. So we might split up and meet back up. Um, or maybe the group collectively is, is looking to, to do something different from, from what we had planned. And so we, we can deviate and, and maybe cut some more or cut some trail off or maybe add some on. So the way the trails are laid out, they, it's kind of a spaghetti network where you can, you, you can venture off this way and then I'll meet back up at a different spot. So there's lots of different options. Um, so yeah, we can definitely accommodate different skill levels, different fitness levels. You know, we can appreciate that it's, it might be the off season for our guests that are coming in. So they may not be at the tip top of their shape. Um, sometimes folks will, will get excited and they'll say, yeah, I've been on the trainer in my basement. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's right. That's us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to go. That's why we drive 12 hours south and go riding for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to get yeah to get maybe some sunshine on your skin and get out of the basement, but um, yeah, we want we again we want the trips to be fun. We don't want to we don't want to the rides to be so hard and so challenging that at the end of the day you don't want to enjoy the you know we've got this great property we want to we want to have enough time for you to come back and come back in the middle of the afternoon maybe late afternoon and be able to 
hang out and relax and talk about the, the the ride from that day and just share stories and and hang around in the backyard on this beautiful patio with the hot tub and the pool and um, you know have some quick snacks and, and, a, and a beer or, or whatever it is and then figure out what we're doing for dinner and so again, not, not just not just grinding everyone into the ground to where you yeah. collapse because you are you are biking five days in a row remember well, four days <laughs> four days yeah, yeah. but still that's right you need to uh, make sure everybody can enjoy those four days so I love that now those trails did you create any of those or have they always been in that area they've, they've always been there um, I didn't personally create them there's it's it's kind of half and half so half of the riding we do is in a county park so they get they get funding through the county to to build and maintain the trails oh, okay and the other half is a preserve that's owned by the city of scottsdale so they provide their own funding to build and maintain trails um, there are some volunteers that will go out in and build and maintain trails and also um, preserve volunteers that just go out there and help guide other riders um, but yeah so so yeah, I didn't create any of them. I, I hats off to the to the trail builders and diggers because none of this would happen for for any mountain bikers without them. Yeah, that's a ton of work for sure. Yeah. So Scott, what do you have going on? Since I found that advertising, let's talk about your next. Talk about your your trips that are coming up that you're organizing that you're advertising. Yeah, yeah. So, what can people expect? <laughs> so I've got, let me pull up the, the dates. So I've got three trips scheduled this winter. We've got one in December, one in January, one in February. The December mm -hmm. one is December 8th through the 13th. The January mm -hmm. one is January 19th through the 24th. And the third one, the February trip is January 9th through the 14th. And all three of those are the same format where you show up on a Wednesday we ride Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you depart on Monday. There's some, some important deadlines that are coming up. Um, <laughs> for registration, of course, for, yeah. For registration and payment, yeah, for sure. So for the December trip, it's happened really fast, really uh, just a day or two. So by September 29th, if you're interested in that December trip, we need to have full full payment for that one. The, the wow. January, February trip, those are, those are out a little bit. So the deadline for the January trip is November 10th. And the deadline for the February trip is December 1st. Okay, so, so November 10th. Yeah, and I just posted those on a recent Instagram and, and Facebook post. But um, we can put those in the show notes if you like as well. Yes, we'll definitely have to do that. Um, we'll have to get this episode out before that deadline so people can <laughs> grab it. Um, but yeah, so that's awesome. Now, what do you do in the meantime? Keep yourself busy. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is this definitely keeps me busy, but it's it's not <laughs> I know. Job. <laughs> it's not my day job yet, but maybe someday it will be. Yes. Yeah. My, the 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 what pays the bills right now is is uh I'm a mechanical engineer for for Honeywell Aerospace. Yeah, so I've been there for over 20 years. But um this yeah, the corporate the corporate gig gets a little stale after a while, so it wouldn't be a bad thing if if mountain biking vacation business took off yeah so if you could have one every month because i understand like oh my god the rental the um you know logistics the setting up the 
advertising. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot of work, um, but we've I'm got it we've we've got it down to where um, we've got it flowing like a bit of a machine now. So we've we've ironed out those logistics and and have gotten really good feedback from our writers and guests that have come out so far. So some of those testimonials are up on the website. Uh, we've had people from Ohio and we actually had one gentleman who drove all the way from, I can't remember, I just remember him being in the far um, eastern side of Canada and he drove all the way across the states. Ontario? And, yes, yeah, he was from Ontario, I believe. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so yeah. He and, drove he drove all the way across all the way down he just he he was on a huge vacation so our our trip was just a little slice of what he was he was into so it was great oh, and we've had perfect. we've had a, a gentleman from the pacific northwest up in washington so yeah grabbing grabbing folks from those from those areas where as winter sets in it's not the most ideal riding conditions no, and if you have time, you can definitely do the drive. Now, I noticed one last couple of questions because I've always got lots of questions. Now, in your website, I saw that um, the bikes are rentals. So you have a fleet of bikes as well that are at your disposal for for um, client or for participants. Yeah. So that's that's the one thing that that at least right now isn't inclusive i i hope to get to the point where i do have a rental or you know a, a fleet of my own bikes that i can provide for our guests um but right now so we've got it set up to where we make it really easy for you to bring your own bike we've partnered up with with uh, bike flights and we have a custom web page that's that's powered by bike flights where you can go on there and you can you can put in your your location of where you're at and then it automatically fills in the our local bike shop that we've partnered with and it'll right away give you shipping and, and um uh, give you the, the shipping prices and the the, the the transit time so if you want to box up your own bike and ship it out beforehand that's a it's a really oh. really inexpensive way and very safe way to get your bike here and we've 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 mm -hmm. had a few guests that have done that and they love that they you know at first it seems like wow it seems like kind of a, a pain kind of a hassle but once they went through it, they go, this was really easy. I just took my own bike. I dropped it off at my bike shop and I said, hey, here's the, here's the information, the shipping information, just box it up for me. It ships out before you get here, which kind of makes sense. You know, if it's cold and icky, maybe you're not even riding your, your bike anyway. So you're not missing it. So it ships out to our partner bike shop. Um, they can put it together for you if you want, or we've got you know, tools and a work stand at our property and we'll grab your bike from the shop for you and it'll be there ready and waiting for you either way so that's, that's those amazing. Are the amazing yeah if you want to if you want to bring your own bike certainly you can fly with it or if you're driving you know that's easy too um, but if you don't feel like dealing with your own bike or you want to maybe your maybe your current bike is is maybe a little older and you want to try something newer then our partner bike shop mcdowell mountain cycles um, they always say that's dangerous. <laughs> They've Very always said, dangerous. Yeah. Tries so, to try a new bike. You're like, I will never go back. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. So, so <laughs> McDowell Mountain Cycles, they they always have a great fleet of, of rental bikes that we get discounts on for our bike paradise guests. So at that point, all you'd have to do is show up with your, with your riding gear and we would take care of the rest of it for you. So that's where the all inclusive part of it comes from, where 
whether you're flying with your bike or if, or, you know, if you're traveling with your bike or if you're using one of um, our rental bikes, once you get there, then everything else is taken care of. You don't have to worry about logistics, food, all that stuff. It's all taken care of for you. That is great service. So especially for some people who don't know what to do with their bike and, and having to pack it up for the plane and sometimes not even arriving with your bike, which yes. has happened. I've, I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, so and, you could, you, know, you could, sometimes the airlines don't treat bikes maybe as nice as they could. Uh, you never know. Yeah. The bike bugs. Yeah. Yep. I've heard people arriving. Well, maybe not so much mount. Well, maybe not so much mountain bikes, but with road bikes, like cracked frames and things like that. Yeah. But if you haven't packed it properly, so that's a great service. I love that, Scott. So, um, I think we've covered everything. Is there anything else that you want to add? And um, where can everybody find you? Yeah. So check out. I think you mentioned earlier. Check out bike paradise az as in arizona bikeparadiseaz.com and we're on facebook and instagram just the the handle at bike paradise az yes that's where i found them and so this is where you can go like those in that those links will be in the show notes you can you don't have to worry about member memor memorizing them and so Think about what you want for Christmas. If you want right, a yeah. nice Southern trip to Arizona in January when it's deathly cold, February, then Scott is the person to reach out to. Like, honestly, I was just like, ooh, I was checking out the prices and I'm like, well, maybe I'll go to Arizona. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just did think of something you had mentioned earlier. Like I said, our, our, our trails can cater to all skill levels. So mm -hmm. even if you've never ridden a mountain bike or maybe you have and it's just been on maybe easy trails, don't think that you can't do these trips. You know, you can come out and, and again, I, I do, I am a certified skills instructor and I don't, I don't necessarily advertise that we're gonna do skills clinics, but that could be part of it. You know, if you're, if you're wanting to get into mountain biking, this might be a good way to do it. You can, um, these trails cater to different skill levels and I can provide the instruction that helps you have a safe and, and enjoyable time on the trails. So we really can well, cater to lots of different. Um, that's a great levels. point. I'm glad you mentioned that because then when you start um, cycling in Arizona or mountain bike in Arizona, you're not going to want a mountain bike back in Canada where the roots <laughs> and the rocks and all the mud. And then <laughs> that's a whole different skill level you got to have to teach all over again. But that is a really great point. It's kind of like starting your scuba diving experience in like Thailand and then coming to back to Canada and yeah. discovering <laughs> it's just not the same. And that's, that's what happened to me. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> three mil wetsuit what <laughs> yeah <laughs> different buoyancy factors there <laughs> oh yeah just the uh, end price anyways so this has been amazing thank you um so like you said we can find him uh everywhere on facebook and uh, instagram so make sure you go and follow scott and bike paradise az as well as myself sylvie do underscore cyclist on um instagram and I want to thank our listeners for taking in this episode. Maybe, you know, this has got those that, you know, 
started thinking about where you'd like to, if you've ever seen mountain bike in Arizona, maybe this is the person to go cycling with instead of like trying to figure it out on your own, which when I was in Sedona, I'm like, yeah, maybe I should mountain bike. But I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like I would want to do it with an organized, organized, like an organized um, group for sure. Yep. Um, so you don't want to, you don't want to get lost in the desert. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We've, we've carefully picked out all of our rides to where we guarantee you'll have a good time and you're not going to be completely wiped out at the end of the day. There'll still be some time to relax and enjoy. And, and, uh, we also offer for those that want it, we also offer a massage therapist to come to the house. If you want, um, we even have a, a, a myopractic stretching person that can come in and provide some stretching therapy. So it really is a, a luxury vacation that has some mountain biking in there as well. So yeah. And it has a mountain biking in there as well. Did I mention the hot tub and the food and the food <laughs> and like, and then you can mountain bike. So it, this is just getting better and better. So start looking at their calendar. Remember he's got deadlines for payments and registrations. And with that, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much again, Scott. This has been amazing. And like, woo, those wheels are starting to turn as <laughs> Come on Maybe out, Sylvie. Oh, no, don't. Don't tempt me. So thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. And thanks a lot, Scott. No, thank you for the opportunity, Sylvie. I really enjoyed talking to you. Take care. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.